Hi, everybody. It's David Bloom. I'm here at Bloom and Tech with Allison Stern. She is Chief Marketing Officer and Queen, I'd like to say, but probably better just to call her a founder of Tubular Labs, which tracks the ebbs and flows of online video across all the Internet. Uh, we're going to talk today about their latest state of online video report, which has a lot of uh, fantastically interesting detail. Allison, let's uh, start. What's uh, the big picture conversation you could have about this year's, this quarter's report? What's what's the stuff that sticks out from the end of 2017, smearing into this new year? Thanks for having me here today. Always excited to talk video. I guess the summary of the report is that online video is huge. People are people are watching it, um, and um, you know, if people don't know Tubular, it is the worldwide leader in video intelligence. We are tracking every online video out there across YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, that's about, that's over 4 billion videos, um, you know, adding millions of new videos every day. It's um, billions of comments. It's um, 10 million uh, influencers and media companies and brands that are publishing content. And so what we do every quarter is our trend analysts sit down and we look through, you know, what's trending, what's popping, what's happening. You know, we used to keep track of uh, the the growth of the entire sort of industry, but it just continues to point up and continue growing. So um, what we what we did this quarter was really dig into those interesting trends to say, you know, what's happening, what are we seeing. Um, there are some trends like unboxing, which have been happening for years, where people will unbox, um, you know, take out of the box electronics um, and, and sort of talk about them. And that's something that as a, um, that trend had about 500 million views in Q4. And that's higher than it usually gets, but, but pretty consistent. Um, whereas we had some trends that showed up out of the blue that had not, you know, had been at zero, not been a trend at all. For example, um, fancy foods made easy. So people, you know, giving lessons on how to make really fancy dishes, um, restaurant quality, well-known dishes, but in an easy kind of way. And that was something that grew about 400%. So there was nothing, no videos about that previously. And then Q4 had about 450 million views up out of nowhere. So those are the types of things we, we look at and analyze. I noticed in the, the biggest category, I suppose, of these, these different slices in that report that the people in blogs, which is, I guess, the sort of life vloggers, the personalities, the, when you think of influencers, you kind of think this is the sort of core category. And there's just eye-popping numbers here. I mean, 66 billion people or 66 billion views on YouTube, 212 billion views in this category on Facebook. What I thought was most interesting, though, was the fact that they were up so much. Both were up well over 50%, 52% for YouTube, 59% for Facebook. Those are really huge numbers on a really big base. So it's like what is driving all that interest all of a sudden in what has already been a very well-established category? Yeah, I think, I mean, high level what we're seeing is just audience attention patterns shifting. So, you know, people 
spend a huge amount of time watching TV and, you know, whatever it is, four hours a day. And what we're seeing is just huge drop off from young audiences on TV. That's not the way they consume content anymore. What we see today in terms of audience attention trends is kind of two buckets. One is traditional TV content just distributed on new platforms. So that might would be Hulu or Netflix, you know, Amazon. So it's a it's traditional 30-minute show, hour-long show, just distributed through through OTT or different different types of, you know, SVOD and AVOD and, and you've got, you know, HBO Go apps and things like that. And that's familiar to people. It's a familiar type of content. The, but the second bucket of content is this short-form video content. And that's people not sitting down to turn on a show, but rather people who are watching Facebook and YouTube and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, whether it's sitting on their couch or whether it's waiting in line or whether it's on the subway, um, people sort of having the snackable content as they go. And we're just seeing audience attention shift to that method of content consumption. And so that, that type of viewing is only going to go up. It's going to continue to go up. It's going to continue to skyrocket. And that's, that's the way people consume content today. Now, you talked about some of the, the smaller uh, outlets. I mean, and they're not small. They're just smaller than the giants, uh, the two giants. Twitter, Facebook, uh, Twitter Snapchat, uh, Instagram all have uh, nine-figure followings uh, of users. Are we seeing, I mean, we saw Twitter this, this quarter had its uh, first profit in its 11 years of existence. Snapchat beat street expectations, though it's, and, and added something like 9 million uh, average daily users. Instagram, I think, has now crested 500 million users. I mean, they're all thriving, it seems like. But what are you seeing in terms of trends, in terms of viewership with those lesser platforms? Are there differences between who's using them in terms of demographics? And are you seeing differences in terms of what's happening there versus the two big ones? So, you know, on Instagram, I think that we've really seen, and this has probably started, I don't know, at least six or eight months ago, we started seeing sports audiences really start shifting to Instagram the sports was a huge content vertical on Vine that, and sort of the nature of like clips and, and highlights, that was a big audience behavior on Vine. You know, when that, you know, started to sunset, the sports audience basically moved over to Instagram. We've seen the rise of a lot of really interesting sports highlights channels on Instagram. Um, and so it's not, I think it's interesting because it's a lot of the early trending material on Instagram with celebrities and beauty, which still is the case. But sports has really shot up as well, showing that there's sort of a dual gender demographics on the platform. Twitter doesn't release views like you can see views on a, on a YouTube video. And so we pull in all the, the, the Twitter content, you know, topics and analysis, but we don't, but we have to rank it by engagement, not by views. And so one of the insights on Twitter is it's very international. You know, a lot of the top content often comes from Asia. Uh, the other thing is, is that they, I think they're a bit of a dark horse in video because they're not releasing views. So people are not thinking of them in that way, but it's pretty clear that there's a huge amount of video content there. And, you know, we're really excited for them to flip on the, the, the view counter and, and start showcasing it that way. Cause I think there's going to be a, a big story there when that does happen. What? Other stuff is working. So you all, I did some trends in the state of online video speech or, or uh, report. What, for instance, is pancake art? 
<laughs> you ask the hard-hitting questions. As it says, it is making art out of pancake batter on a grill and then eating it. That trend got 300 million views in Q4, up about 84%. And there's some amazing pancakes. I love pancakes, so I'm a huge fan of this trend. But, you know, people, it, it's amazing. Like, based on what batter goes down first, it's a darker, it, it, it comes out darker. You can do shading, you can do depth, you can really do a lot with a pancake. Who knew? And I guess there's a particular celebrity, Collins Key. People are flipping over Collins Key's pancake art. Is that safe to say? He's done pancake art doing SpongeBob, doing Star Wars, doing Wonder Woman, um, all sorts of very pro-level pancakes. He's ranked 50, actually, on our global influencers list of pe uh, people and blogs. Um, he's, he's ranked number 50. Is it just like uh, nail art is also big, I notice? Uh, there's, uh, some of these things kind of pop up. Are and lip art. Don't forget lip, lip art. art. Uh, yeah, who could forget the lip art? I, I noticed there was a, you had a photo in the report of somebody's lips with a Jessica Rabbit somehow on there. That's a, I, I guess she was just drawn that way. Exactly. I mean, very funny stuff, but this is uh, getting audiences. How are brands taking advantage of things like pancake art or lip art and nail art? I mean, are, are, do you have any data to talk about what brands are doing to leverage this stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, they, they really should be if they're not. You know, people often treat video like it's some sort of mystery, like, you know, oh, how did this go viral? I can't believe it. It's, you know, what good luck. That's not really what video is today. You have to speak the language of video in order to be successful. And you need to have your finger on the pulse of what those trends are. And I think in the early days, you know, that maybe meant, oh, I'm going to hire some young person who knows what this social media thing is, and, and they're going to you know, do a good job for me. But I think now when you have things like tubular, where at your fingertips, you can literally see all these trends. There's no excuse. That's if you make if you make lip art video, that is going to perform better for you than if you don't. You know, our goal is to sort of highlight these trends and insights so that people can can jump on the trends and jump on the trends when they become a trend and not, you know, after the fact old news stuff. And so I think if you're a beauty brand, you should be doing lip art. You know, you should be doing, um, we had another trend, full face makeovers. There's ways to, to jump on that. I think if, if you're a beauty brand, that, that's, you know, that's easy. In terms of pancake art, you know, I think it's an awesome opportunity for brands to partner with influencers to have them make pancake art. Of, I mean, think of entertainment brands. You know, if, if the Star Wars people don't know that Collins Key is making Star Wars Jedi pancakes, you know, they should because that's amazing earned media or, you know, it's an opportunity to, obviously he has a, he's a fan. And so there's an opportunity to do more there. Maybe you're a brand and you make your own, or maybe you partner with an influencer to do it. It's a great chance to connect with people and show audiences, you know, reach your audience and show them that you are, that, that you know what's going on and you speak their language. Edible uh, mock-ups of things that you shouldn't eat are another hot trend. I'm amused by this because uh, both Facebook and YouTube have been busy trying to get people to stop eating 
or doing videos of people eating or encouraging people to eat Tide Pods. Logan Paul went out and did that and got himself suspended for a second time and not very many days. But I guess we could hope for really tasty, edible food versions of Tide Pods instead. Is that, or is even that going to be a problem for, for these guys trying to keep folks from poisoning themselves? Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. But, I, you know, I think food is just absolutely taken off and been a huge vertical on, on YouTube and on Facebook. You know, on Facebook, you see um, people like Tasty and Tastemade and the Food Network always at the top of the rankings in terms of views. And I think people like to watch, Food Network exists on TV. People like to watch food. People like to watch Top Chef, Top Chef Junior, you know, all, all these things. And I think you see that on in social video and that applies to the fact that it's snackable, uh, snackable content here. It's actually snackable. Um, but yeah, it's the, the, the fact that it's these sort of quick visual, oftentimes people are watching these videos with the sound off, right? So things that are like kind of jump out and grab you and pull you in, like, oh, my God, that person's eating a Christmas ornament. A quote that I absolutely love, Ethan, who's the president of Now This, told me, and it just stuck with me forever, which is, we live in a scrolling economy, and you have to stop the thumb. Our job is to stop the thumb. And I just thought that was so descriptive of the world we live in today. I think that these weird edible videos are what stops the thumb. You know, you're like, wow, I can't believe that. Is she really eating a Christmas ornament? You know, no, she's not. I would rather have people eating edible Christmas ornaments that you can actually eat as opposed to people stopping the thumb by, you know, poisoning themselves by eating Tide Pods. But I think that's the scary thing about the attention economy is that people are forever seeking attention and doing whatever they can to stay top of attention. And that's why, you know, you have sad things like, um, you know, Logan Paul and whatever's happening there. And that's, that's what happens in an attention, attention economy, right? Like on TV, you have jackass and people doing ridiculous things. And that's what, what catches people's attention. You know, this is the world we live in and you hope people will be responsible and you hope people will be educated. Uh, but that's just the reality of, of the world we live in. Were there other things that popped up? We got cheesecake got big. I got I got one. I got one which I've been one? dying to talk about because I feel like I get this is so exciting. I get to like share things with the world. In 2013, I don't know if you remember the Harlem Shake. That was a big yep. dance trend. And then 2016, we had the mannequin challenge where people were kind of like freezing. It's these type of challenges that like take off and go go global. And then you've got you know the Ellen Show doing it, or you've got people's grandma at Thanksgiving doing it. Um, I think another one was Plank, Plank Challenge, or I can't remember what year that was. And so the, the, the latest one right now that just started taking off at the end of the year in November is called the Shoot Challenge, S-H-O-O-T. And there's a song that goes with it. There's a dance that goes with it. And there's also the people who are doing this Shoot Challenge. I think in December, there were like 300 million views worth of people doing this. So... Go check it out. Go watch the shoot challenge. Go do it with your friends. And uh, and remember, I was the one that, that that told you told you about it. I rely on you to keep me hip, Allison. Uh, so. <laughs> That's my top my top goal. I wanted to ask you. You were on a panel with me a couple of weeks ago at the Digital Entertainment World Conference, yep. and part of the conversation that day, and I think it's only accelerated. We have. The big algorithm shift at Facebook um, toward friends and family, part of uh, Mark Zuckerberg's response to the heavy criticism they've weathered for their 
role in uh, manipulation of the news feed for nefarious purposes. At the same time, we've got demonetization about to hit for some of the smaller players on the YouTube side. What's your anticipation, given your uh, finger on the pulse of online video, what's your anticipation of the impacts that we should expect to see from these shifts? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. And I think that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has said that it's going to cause views to go down with publishers. And he said that they're they're putting an emphasis on um, people and individuals and their sharing of content with each other and, and family and friends. But we have not seen it in the data yet that, that, that that has happened. I think the people who are the publishers who are just superstars at, at online video, I just said it, their job is to stop the sum, right? And the algorithm's constantly changing. And yes, it's definitely a big one, but you know, the data is changing, the algorithm is changing, and their job is to be the first to know it and to adjust their content to react, to really continue to make content that's engaging and shareable and I think most publishers and media companies are, are excited about it because they don't want unengaging content to be out there either. You know, they want to make content that's very engaging. They want to make, they want to understand the changes and understand what to do to be successful. And so the people who are successful at online video are like these like superhuman. I was talking to the CEO of Attention who was telling me, you know, when a video goes live, he's looking, you know, one second, five seconds, seven seconds how many shares something has, because he can tell immediately whether it's going to go viral. Those are the types of people that have been successful in online video, and I think we'll continue to see that. One, Actually, one of our customers, Jungle Creations, I was just seeing today, they did some measurement, and they represent 2% of all views on Facebook overall is, is views on Jungle Creations content. And they have channels like um, VT and Twisted and... They, I think, were ranked maybe number two behind BuzzFeed as the most watched media property in January. People who have it figured out, you know, will continue to adapt and react. And so I, I don't expect it to, to hold down the industry much. Do you think that they will try to go deeper and, and not just do clickbait, but try to figure out ways to do better stuff that's more engaging and that will perhaps help drive a flight to quality as a competitive differentiator. Yeah, I definitely think so. And, you know, in the very early days of Facebook video, there were a lot of channels that are publishers that were kind of, whether they were aggregators, those people all kind of got washed out over time. But some of them who maybe started off that way pretty quickly once they had built the audience switched over to be, you know, really above board white hat publishers with, with, with great content still at the top of the rankings. Um, and so I think that is the goal is to sort of figure out what the audience likes and experiment and then lock it in and start producing your own content. And that's what leads to all the growth. The name of the game is understanding your audience, understanding what content they love and continuing to produce and share more of that content. Well, this is great, Allison. Thank you so much. This has been David Bloom for Bloom in Tech. I have been with Allison Stern, the CMO and a founder of Tubular Labs, which is the premier site tracking the ebbs and flows of worldwide online video on all the major platforms. Thank you, Allison, for your time. 